Hey, it's Matt. So here's a quick question. What's the biggest thing holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months? And I know that that can be a tough question. And if you're not sure, don't sweat it because you're going to find out on today's Pass the Secret Sauce episode. If you're anything like me, and I know that you are because you listen to the Pass the Secret Sauce podcast, you probably devour books on selling and you're always wanting to learn more and how to make more and do less. And there's a famous quote that tells us, becoming a master is not about doing 4,000 different things. It's about doing 12 things 4,000 times. And today we are in for a special treat because the person who said that is today's guest's father. And I'm curious if anyone remembers that quote because in my opinion, the person who said it is one of the, I guess, the godfathers of business books. This is kind of a seminal book that everyone uh, has read, you know, who's in business and has read it time and time and time again. So really, really incredible guest here today. You know, in today's world, it can be really easy to cast our net wide and try to do it all in terms of project, marketing, whatever. But it is really possible to get double the results with less effort. And I'm I'm sure I know what you're thinking. You say, Matt, you know, you say this a lot and I'm still grinding for too many hours and too many days. So, you know, just just stick with me. Today's guest is a legacy leader who's taken this concept and given it a whole new spin. So trust me, you're going to be glad that you are here. Okay, so let's talk about selling. Some people say, you know, everyone is selling something. And, you know, I almost tend to agree. But whatever you're selling, there's one critical skill that you have to master. And that skill is probing. And it sounds like even as a kid, you were getting your share of that. Well, we assist people at every level, right? We've worked with 85 of the Fortune 500, yet also served a quarter of a million businesses. So there's varying levels um like one of our more successful uh great stories is like Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels right he said that he was able to take his SaaS company without any funding from 0 to 100 million in 4 years they were the number one entrepreneur voted them the number one uh business of the year a couple of years ago and he said that a huge reason for that was utilizing what we call the dream 100 which is the fastest least expensive way to double sales it's really focused on your better bigger buyers to assist you to grow much faster because when you focus on a smaller number that produce a greater result you don't have to spend as much money right but then you win a bigger deal um so russell is a great example of the, of that and i put that actually quite a bit through the book because he's really taken that dream 100 concept and introduced it to a whole nother generation that maybe hadn't known my father and i'm very grateful for him passing that torch and sharing it with his books as well and his following, which is a couple million entrepreneurs. Well, my father was very big about just knowing what was going on in the family's world. So he would sit us down, both me and my brother, and he'd say, okay, what happened at school? And we'd go, I don't know, you know, whatever. And he'd be like, okay, I got there and... And we'd be like, I got there and I went to first period and then I went to second and going, and then, and he'd literally pull it out of us until uh, we'd be so excited. And we'd say, and then this happened and then this happened. And my brother is very animated. So 
half the time, usually dinner table talks would include him getting up and acting out something that had happened during the day. So I'm very lucky that I had that family unit where we were very verbal and sharing things that happened in our lives, regardless of how resistant we were to, at times, want to share it. I just, that really sticks out in my mind that my father really dug, but we always would give something away and then it would turn into a beautiful conversation. All of the time, we teach this thing called pig-headed discipline and determination. And he had that at the dinner table. We, we would be <laughs> like, I don't want to tell you a thing. And he'd be like, right. And then, yeah. so what about the, I don't really like the teacher. Why don't you like the teacher? Well, I don't know. What is it about the teacher? Okay, it's probably because she does this. And then this happened and this, you know, and it yeah. <laughs> slowly. I love it. I love out. it. So that uh, that sounds intense, but he really knew and understood how to, I guess, gracefully get that information out of you guys. You know, here you and your brother are just trying to enjoy your green beans and do what most kids do best and ignore their parents. And he had a way to, to draw it all out of you. Not that that was a selling environment, but what you're telling us about sounds like it, it totally could be. Listening, asking, following up, those are all skills that I I feel a lot of entrepreneurs may not necessarily capitalize on all the time. You know, I would consider your father, I guess, like a super strategist to the Fortune 500, and you've been able to take his methods and build upon them. How did some other, I guess you could call them trade secrets, show up for you? Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes, CEO of Chet Holmes International. Maybe you've heard of, we are the home to the ultimate sales machine. We've assisted a quarter of a million businesses worldwide over the last 30 years. I took over the helm eight years ago. It's been eight years and I'm grateful to be here. We assist companies to double their sales. My father, so for those that don't know my father, let me just give a real brief. So he uh, got his big break working for a billionaire by the name of Charlie Munger, and he doubled the sales for Charlie in nine different companies, all within 12 to 15 months. And they doubled multiple years consecutively. And then he went on to work with 80 of the Fortune 500 and then built the organization that I now carry on today, helping many companies, not just the biggest, but from startup all the way up to Fortune 500 on how to double their sales. So he had a system, a repeatable system for how to double sales. Um, but he always said that he gave his life work so that we could do whatever we wanted, my brother and I. And uh, he was very creative. Um, he always wanted to actually be either a rock star or a um, movie director. He got a screenplay sold to Warner Brothers. So he was very supportive of us doing anything. So I went down the path of becoming a singer and my brother went down the path of being potentially an actor. He was also a writer. And um, yeah, I always felt so much uh, support from him on anything that I would do. So that, that felt, uh, I think that that's huge for parents to support their children, no matter, no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that, I pursued music pretty intensely. So I released four records and went to college for music. And I really ran my music career like a business, Um, even though I'd been around my father, but he never really, well, okay. So like the first time that I did a lemonade stand, 
I can remember us like putting together the lemonade sign and my father was like, okay, right. Best lemonade in the world. I'm like, but daddy, is it the best lemonade in the world? And he's like, it doesn't matter. Just write it on the sign. So I'd write best lemonade in the world. And I will tell you at like six and seven years old, people would stop and go the gumption of this seven-year-old to say best yeah. lemonade in the world. So all through my childhood, I had these experiences and even in my musical career, so I'd be playing at coffee shops, but I, there was just this sales part of me that couldn't help myself. So I'd be playing to a group, but half of my songs were about my tip jar, or once I'd sold everyone in the group on my CD, then I'd try to find some way to upsell. So I'd like say, if you can fill my tip jar, I'll walk in my hands across the stage and people would be so crazed by that, that they'd like, I had people taking my tip jar and walking it around the room saying, her tips. I want to see her walk on her hands across the stage. So there was always that sales in me. I couldn't really help it. I thought it was natural, but I came to find that majority of, especially like singer songwriters, right? They sit, I mean, majority of businesses, they think mm -hmm. if I build a product or service that people will come. No, you don't. Yeah. You have to, right? You have to introduce them to that. Just like every time I see a singer songwriter, I laugh because I'm like, just because that tip jar is there doesn't mean people are going to give it. You got to incentivize them. You have yeah. to celebrate them. You have to acknowledge it and ask for the sale. So I would lovingly and entertainingly perpetually ask for that sale until I got 100% of the room. Yes. Oh, well, I already told you about the final chapter, uh, which was my whole why for putting the thing together. Um, but so my father's methodology is timeless, right? It, that's why still word of mouth has really kept this alive for the last decade. I haven't put marketing dollars behind promoting that book and yet it sells because people just love it and they hand it off to the next, to the next, to the next. So the strategy works. It's just the tactical implementations that have changed. So my father talked a lot about faxing and, you know, the marketing uh, chapter was about billboards, radio and television for marketing. And I went, oh, my God, Dad, please, why didn't you give me an easier hand here? Like the Internet became a thing since yeah. my father wrote the book. So we had to update that. And um, so 15 years ago, the average company was on seven different marketing mediums trying to advertise and market. Today, we have an average of 13 different marketing mediums with five social media platforms and three paid advertising channels. So we're doing double the amount of work, but really for a fraction of the result, because before we didn't have competition of social media. Now we have 3.8 billion social media pages, all grabbing for the attention of the prospect. So how do we break through that clutter? We really have to get smarter. And that's a lot of what I put into like chapter seven. We put in a whole um, very simple checklisting system so that you can make sure that you're getting a higher ROI from every marketing initiative you do. Uh, I dive deep into one marketing initiative that gets 42 times the ROI for every dollar you spend. Wow. Um, my father was really big on things that take horsepower, not wallet power and beating your competition with your brain, not your wallet. Mm -hmm. So I put a lot of stuff in there and then sprinkled all the way through it, a bunch of different case studies of proteges that have gone through the book. I ate a ton of nuts right before we got on this call <laughs> and now I'm feeling it going down my throat <laughs> going, oh God. Oh, all good. All <laughs> good. Not the best thing to eat you, right before yeah, this. Yeah. Grab, grab a drink. Yeah. Ha. Huh. So that's the marketing chapter, but then I also, um, my father basically invented 
content marketing before content marketing. He called it education-based marketing. Mm -hmm. So uh, today, everybody and their mother does content. And yet 40% of the content online is actually hindering a sale because we've forgotten the infrastructure, the framework for how to lead to you is the only logical conclusion in your marketplace. And there's a way to do that strategically with how you message. So your messaging then can be repeated amongst all of your marketing messages and amidst your sales team and everybody singing the same tune because we need that cohesive story. We call it a core story. So that's a big part of it as well. There's so many good nuggets. I could just go on and on. I don't, I want to pause. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I love it. So if you've listened to any of the past the secret sauce podcast episodes, you know, building a repeatable system sounds pretty familiar. We, we hear that a lot. You know, don't reinvent the wheel, get your steps down and replicate them, then go lay on the beach. Have you nailed down your repeatable system? We want to hear some of those those systems that you have perfected. Reach out to us at 404-99-SAUCE so that we can talk through those. Again, 404-99-SAUCE. We want to hear some of those systems that you have created that have simplified your life. And then there's the one-to-many idea. How can we make a bigger impact on others and for ourselves and for other businesses by taking our message to the masses? That's been a common topic that we've talked about here on the show. And what it seems like is nerves get the best of people. And I can even say sometimes myself. If I'm used to talking one-on-one or maybe to a small group, How in the world do I get up the nerve to be able to talk to a larger group all at the same time? I have been known on occasion to harass my (laughs) my audiences. Like, what's going on? Give me feedback here. Well, I think the number one goal should be how do I get the people in the audience to have a breakthrough, to have an experience, to understand a concept, to be able to actually make a change. And if I was up there just trying to show how smart I was or just trying to show how, you know, how much I've done, then it would be all about me. And yeah, that's really nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. If I completely shut down what I perceive I should be and instead just focus on the people in the audience and making sure that they're getting what I want them to get, which is a true transformation. I want everyone to walk out of there going, wow, that was awesome. You know, and they feel it. Uh, beyond just, and I found a way to like, you know, potentially double my sales. (laughs) That was such an experience, right? And I think I've always been that way to a certain extent, but I did a ton of soul searching and I study under an Indian saint, which you're you're familiar with, uh, with Divine Bliss. Uh, Divine Bliss International is her nonprofit. And I mean, we've done a lot of work on how to understand yourself and feel confident. And I shaved my head for five years, just looking to detach from how I am perceived or what other people think of me. And I have a long ways to go, but I think that that has helped me have confidence in who I am to stand in that. Um, But also just, you know, coming to every whether it is a sales appointment, whether it is helping your staff, whether it is being at home with your family and just saying, how can I serve? And knowing that when you're in a place of service, that's where the true gifts come from life, right? When I give, that is when I receive, not when I take, I receive. It's when I give. Yeah. uh, Well, 
so me and my father were very, very close. I was actually born on his birthday. February 13th is our birthday. As if the, you know, stars had to align that we were that close. Um, and after he passed, I was absolutely devastated. I mean, he, he was larger than life. Uh, definitely superhero to so many. And then um, I can actually remember, it was like a couple days after the funeral, I was sitting in my room and I had all of these lilies because all the people that sent flowers, I'm like, I have to have all of these flowers. This is all I want in life right now. So I had all of these flowers all around me. And it was the first time that I'd ever seen a PL of my father's companies. And I can remember pulling it up and scrolling across all the different companies. And I didn't even know what half of them were. Wow. And some people may be like, wow, yay. But it was utter, I was petrified. Like the concept that I didn't know what they were. I didn't know who ran them. What are all of these? Like, that's a lot of money that I now am mm -hmm. kind of responsible for. They put me as an honorary chairwoman. So my title was chairwoman and everybody's like, we don't know what to do with this girl. Let's just give her a title and, you know, let her sit on the sidelines. And I'm like, yeah, don't, don't let me bother you. I don't want anything to do with this place. <laughs> you know. So it was a very awkward um, introduction. And I, I mean, it's, we serve businesses that are at least majority of the time, at least have generated a million in sales because we're much better at scaling them as they go. We can help the smaller entrepreneurs and we do with our boot camps and our courses and the book. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of our clientele are, are more established. And so here I am 24, a singer songwriter, right? I can pitch my CD from sale from the stage, but now you're asking me to like understand consulting, high-end consulting. Uh, and our clientele are all double my age, if not triple my age. I'm just looking around going, I am in over <laughs> my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, terrifying. Um, but then my, it came back to my spiritual teacher again, my mentor. She just kept saying, you know, you can step in. You can do this, Amanda. And I looked at her and went, you must be crazy. <laughs> Never in a million years. And, and it was about two years of me hiring and firing different CEOs, CMOs, CTOs, you know, CFOs to try and fill that void that was my father. And then eventually I did end up stepping in, which again was also terrifying and a lot of crazy things happened, but we were still able to a lot of thing that had to change was actually the innovation. We were running majority of our leads through radio and that was kind of uh, drying up. Radio leads were drying up. So we had to find another way to market. And I didn't, my father was an innovator in the company. So it was a little bit difficult to find a new way to generate leads. So I just started creating a whole new marketing and sales channel uh, through a lot of automation and webinars, running webinars. There I was like 26, having like 400 CEOs in a room. And I'm like, and this is how you double sales. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on? But we managed to double our, um, our clients two years in a row as soon as I stepped in and increased our marketing reach by 1146%. So it, it worked out well. And here we are. I've been, it's been eight years that I've been at the helm and about to celebrate a very big victory of the new edition. Did that sound familiar? When we're done here, track back to episode number 176, where we have a whole episode on giving back in your business without losing everything. And you can build wealth and give back. 
You know, you started on a completely different path than where you've ended up. And I guess it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. You know, everyone is selling something. How can entrepreneurs like us, no matter our size, challenge ourselves to really grow like you've been able to do? Yes. Uh, what was I not seeking? Oh my God. <laughs> but um, no. So at the time I found her, my father was diagnosed with cancer. So I was watching right before my eyes every single day. The doctors would come in and say, you're going to die if you're going to do, if you do this. And my father would be like, screw you. I don't care what you say. I know my body. I'll sign myself out. So we'd be signed out of the hospital, like every third day after the doctor's we're saying one thing or another. So it was very, very stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, and it felt like it was, you know, life or death every day with somebody that I was extremely close with. And it really made me question what's the, the point and purpose to life. Um, and so when I met Guruji, she taught me that every disease in the body is a disease of our minds. And I told her that I had celiacs at that time, the smell of wheat I couldn't sit, I couldn't be in pizza parlors or talk to somebody with beer on their breath. I would start to get nauseated. And if wow. I ever ate it, I would have to go to the hospital. It was extreme. And um, she said, oh, well, I could assist you in curing celiac disease. And I went, no Western doctors ever said that to me. And she said, yes, of course. It's just, you know, it's within your mind. If mm -hmm. you can work through then your body can heal. And I said, I will go to the ends of the earth to, for you to teach me that. And I am willing to learn like, please. So I, I went at that time, she had a center in Singapore and I flew all the way to Singapore and spent some time. And after a six week program, I walked out the other end. She had rebuilt my stomach lining or assisted me to rebuild wow. my stomach lining. And now I can eat wheat. I ate a sandwich for breakfast, for, for lunch today. And it was amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Well, I think I can weave both of those. You had a question that came after and then before, and then you backtrack. So I'll weave them together. So, <laughs> Sounds good. So um, my uh, Penguin, my publisher for the book, uh, came to me every year, practically, uh, since my father passed and said, you know, we sell so many books. It would be really great to do a new edition. And I kept saying, not in a million years. I don't think mm -hmm. I could touch that. I mean, our clients call that their red Bible because second yeah. to the Bible, they read that the most, right? It is a cult classic. People just love that ultimate sales machine. So I kept saying no and no and no. And then um, all of the work that I did in the nonprofit world with my guru and Divine Bliss International, I really felt like there was a new evolution of understanding life. And it really came from those times with my father in the hospital. I'll never forget. It's just uh, strange to share, but um, there was this moment where he was staring out the window and he said that my father said this to me. He said, for all the money that I've amassed, nothing can buy my way out of this hospital room. Mm -hmm. And I never forgot that. And then after he passed, I kept thinking, I can't step into the business. I'm just going to put myself into a grave just like he did. Like, I'm just like my father. That's exactly where I'm going. And then it was my guru that said, no, you can, you can do this a different way. You don't have to do it in pressure. You can do it in service. You can do it in gratitude, right? There's, there's a different energy because it's the energy behind it that dictates your own pressure right? You're the one putting yourself through the pressure if you decide you want the pressure or not. And uh, so 
I finally said, okay, I, I will accept the book deal because I want to share this knowledge that I've learned about how to live the, a different kind of life while still generating the marketing and the sales and all of this. So I said yes to the book and it took four years. I mean, just version after version. I wrote a hundred versions of the final chapter. Wow. Uh, it was a lot. And I got denied quite a few times by the publisher because they're just like, where is this coming from? This is a sales book. You remember mm -hmm. that, right? I'm like, oh, I know, but they go together. And I just kept thinking if my father had survived the leukemia, he would have been a different man and he would have, he was a different man and he would have shared a different way of life. And then one night, right before the manuscript was due, I found, I rummaged through his old emails and I found this email where he had said, I've generated more wealth in the last six months than in the last eight years combined. And it's because of this. And I went, oh, there it is, the proof, the proof. And yeah. so I used that letter and that's part of the final chapter, how to live a rich and full life. It's the legacy chapter, chapter 13. And that encompassed this whole concept of living from a place of abundance and what that really means and how that means for everybody. And so you would ask, what am I doing now? Well, we're just on the precipice, right? Just Friday was the 10 year mark of my father passing. He passed 10 years ago, Friday. And every year I kept saying, okay, I'd love for to celebrate his life what better way than to say, here's his legacy that's lived on. Um, and we were able to make that available on pre-sale on Friday. So that meant the world to me that I made that uh, open to the public um, for the new edition. And for the next like probably six to nine months, it will be writing that I've worked on this for four years. So now I'm going to promote this book yeah. <laughs> and get it out into the world, but all with the why behind me of the nonprofit and all the work that I do with my guru to better understand myself, to feel more confident, to feel more at ease, to break through the barriers within my own mind, to find a greater potential than I even think possible. And she's a huge part of that. And so we're We've been looking for land for ah, six years to create a place where people can go and reset. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs a reset right now. We've been through so much with the pandemic. Who knows what's on the horizon? People just need that, you know, getting back into balance with themselves. So that that's another part of my quest as I'm in the midst. So we are looking for pure land. We'd like it unadulterated. And we looked for quite some time in like South Carolina, um, but we found that there were a lot of chemicals in the earth. So um, we're not looking for any kind of crop that's grown on it or a farm already. We want it to just be, it'd be nice to get a little bit of elevation. So rolling hills would be nice, but yet 90 minutes from a major airport. So it's, so it's um, easy to get to and easy to travel from because we'd like people to come from all around the world and come and stay for a week or a weekend for a month for six months i mean whatever time it takes for people to come back into balance and uh, so not so many buildings where it's overwhelming the point is to be back into nature and just get back into rhythm with yourself because we pick up our phones an average of 2,600 and like 12 times a day mm -hmm. that is absurd and this yeah. thing does not bring us peace no not <laughs> at, at all. all not at all right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the I, antithesis of that 
All right, folks. So here is the moment. Remember the question that I asked earlier in the episode, that burning question. We're going to answer it right now. Yeah, I think, well, you can always get the book. But another great thing is we did a quiz to find out what's the biggest thing holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. So if you go to howtodoublesales.com, you answer five short questions, and then it gives you a bunch of free training. That's a great place to start. All right, there we have it. We're all done for today's Pass the Secret Sauce episode. Thanks for listening in. We certainly appreciate you, and a like and subscribe would be most appreciated. Odds are, if you're hearing my voice right now, you may be a self-made business owner who feels like living the dream, but the problem is I'm completely unhappy and unfulfilled. And it's like, I looked at my life and I'm like, I should be happy. This is so frustrating. I sacrificed so much and I worked so hard to get to this point just to realize that I'm unhappy and I'm unfulfilled. Then yes, this podcast is here to help. My life goal, probably much like yours, is to leave a lasting legacy that mattered. On the Pass the Secret Sauce podcast, I share with you everything that I've learned and uncovered from other successful entrepreneurs about building a business and a life with the financial freedom that allows us to give back to others. Let's face it though, it's going to take years for me to share what I know and what I'm able to learn from others in these free weekly episodes. And the truth is, you know, here's the idea, it's fully fleshed out. No, the thing is, you're never gonna have a lightning bolt perfect idea. Like, it always starts with little things. So if you are waiting for that lightning bolt to come, it's not gonna happen. You need to take action now. If you're really committed to leaving a legacy that mattered by improving your life and your business faster than you could solo, then I sincerely invite you to our Secret Sauce Mastermind. This is a program that I put together so that I can rub elbows with and learn frameworks and systems from extremely skilled and successful individuals. That way, every member, myself included, can shortcut our learning curves. Unlike many masterminds where content is static, we poll our members monthly to find out what the most common struggles are currently, and then we leverage our network and the power of the podcast to bring in experts to help brainstorm unique solutions to our problems. You'll be able to interact directly with our experts on live Zoom calls and also be able to reference our growing historical content library. As a group, we will guide each other through personal and professional challenges while you incubate your legacy in a group who understands not just your goals, but also what makes you, you. If you're interested in applying for the mastermind, simply text, I want to apply to 40499SAUCE. Many, many thanks, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce.